What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This week's opening kickoff podcast is presented to you by our new sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a live entertainment platform that's rethinking ticketing by caring more about fans, teams, and venues. SeatGeek shares events happening in your location and takes all the confusion out of ticket buying. They use a 0 to 10 deal scale to tell you whether you're getting a good or bad deal on the tickets you're about to buy. As we wind into those winter months, you've got basketball starting up, hockey is starting up, football season's winding down. If you're into Christmas concerts, those are going to be firing up here in the next couple weeks. Or you can look ahead to next concert season and start getting your tickets well in advance. We have a deal for you. Our listeners can get $20 off their first ticket purchase with our with our code opening kickoff. That's O-P-E-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K-O-F-F. Click the link in the description of the episode below to download the app. And remember to use our code opening kickoff for $20 off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the opening kickoff podcast. It's going to sound a little different. We're down right now as it currently stands. Both my co-hosts, Brandon Stevens and Peyton Gerard are not here. Peyton may chime in a little later in this podcast. Who really knows? This is an ebb and flow show yet. Week to week, you never really know what you're going to get. But I'm always here. I'm your host, Dave Stonewell. And I figured if I got to do this, you don't want to hear me talk for an hour even though I have such a lovely voice for radio. I figured who better than to bring on my guy, one of my favorite people to debate sports with. That would be, we used to call him Fax Kellerman, but I think that's just now an insult to him. Yeah, no, 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 So I think we'll just call him as our guy, KP, Kevin Pierce, who's got the Patriot hoodie on. His team didn't make the playoffs. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Uh, well, until you mentioned the not make the playoffs part, great. <laughs> that very second, because I what? have a lot of I have a lot of Patriots thoughts. I don't know if we'll get to them today. If not, I definitely have a video coming out about it on Friday, so we'll we'll get there. Well, you have been, by the way, very busy on your end of your social media with a lot of very interesting sports takes. And and we're going to debate the Lamar Jackson stuff a little later, because I think that is probably going to be, is going to be story number one in, in the NFL off season, how that all plays out. We'll get to that. And it didn't have to be this way. No, it didn't. we'll, We'll get into all that. We'll recap every game from wildcard weekend. We'll talk about what's next. We'll divide discuss the chargers and that monumental collapse that they had and what happened going forward. We're going to start though, Kev, with the Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Out of all the playoff games this weekend, the ugliest one to watch was last night's Cowboys-Bucks game, Dallas winning 31-14. We'll talk about Dallas a little later, but the focus right now is on Tampa Bay. There's already rumblings. Byron Leftwich is not coming back. He's going to be fired as the Buccaneers coordinator. We all know the speculation about Tom Brady, and I'll start with Brady. Where do you, What do you think happens next here, Kev? I know for a fact he's not going to be on the Buccaneers. <laughs> I know he's leaving the Bucs. I don't know if he's leaving the league, even though he should. Like, there, there's nothing left for Tom Brady to accomplish. And you're going to go sign with what? The Jets, the Raiders, Saints? For what? What, what more could you possibly – what will fulfill you if you're Tom Brady? Like, why – I don't know. If I was Tom, I'd go try to get back with my supermodel wife and go announce games at Fox for a, a gajillion dollars or whatever they're paying. But I, I can't get into the brain of that, man. I really don't know. I got to I gotta think if I'm Brady and I've been at the pinnacle of my career for basically ever since I entered the league, how it and how that played out last night. And you talk to a lot of people that have seen the greats I always talk to to older people that will tell you, like, the hardest thing to watch was when Willie Mays stumbled around in center field. And he couldn't be the say, hey, kid, with the Giants and make all those spectacular catches back in the day. It sort of felt like you were watching that a little bit last night with Tom Brady, where it was like, it just, it, it's not there anymore. The, 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 the arm strength was there. I mean, I think that Brady mentally – is still in a place where he could go and play next year. But I, I think physically his body doesn't want to take the hits anymore. So the interception he threw in the end zone was clearly just, I don't want to get, I don't want to get fucking rocked. I'm going to throw this ball. And he, and he, it just a horrible decision. I think there has to come a point where Tom Brady has to admit physically, he doesn't want his body to take that hit. That's going to put him out for a lengthy period of time because father time is going to win and he's going to take a hit. And that's going to be what puts Brady in retirement, no matter what. You brought up a great point with Willie May is I was thinking in my head, as you were talking, what are the athletes that got their exit right? Because it's not many. You could argue Kobe with a 60 point last game, but if you were to God rest the dead, but if you were to ask Kobe, Hey, you want to score 60 points in your last game? Would you rather win a championship? You'd rather win a championship. Peyton Manning, even though he won a championship, he was god-awful that season. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the sort of the shell of themselves. And I couldn't yeah. help but watch watch a lot of the Bucks games down the stretch and just think it's Brady in, in everything you look at, but Brady physically isn't there anymore. He, but, the thing, go routes. The, but that's the, that's the part, though, like, Brady's game was never really based on physicality. It was based on intelligence and execution. And I think that's why it's so hard for him to let go because it's like, you're not going to tell me I'm getting dumber. Yeah, I might be slower. My arm may not be the same, but you're not going to tell me I know less about football the more I play it. So I, I don't know, man. It's, it's rough to watch, though. It is rough to watch. It, it, it's incredibly rough to watch. And I have to think, though, at the end of the day, if he didn't have the next phase already lined up, if he didn't have that Fox deal, I would think this is an easy decision and he's coming back next year. And I would think he'd go to, to the Raiders because it makes the most sense. 
and we'll talk about that in a second here. But I, I, I'm with you. I think you go to Fox. You have this great deal. I mean, you're going to get paid a shit ton of money to talk football. You're going to be around the game. He's doing the podcast now. He, he's a little more involved in, in making fun of himself and being more personable than he was in his playing career. Go take the Fox job. Go. You, you, we're not going to look at you any differently for saying, hey, this is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to look at Tom Brady and go, hey, motherfucker, you left. You, you still had it in the bag. I'll take it one step further. Even if he wins the Super Bowl next year, we're not going to look at you any different. Like, there, there's nothing Tom Brady could do at this point that's going to change his legacy. It's cemented. Right. He's been, the, he's been the GOAT since he came back on the Falcons. <laughs> that was, what, six years ago, seven years ago? Like, there's no more. He's at the mountaintop trying to jump and touch a cloud at this point. Like, Brady, relax. Just relax. <laughs> Go home. Go be a family man. Go home. If, if he decides to come back and we play the guessing game on where he would go. I think it's the Raiders make the most sense if he doesn't try to stick it back in Tampa Bay because of the McDaniels connection. Is there another team you can think of that? The Jets, maybe, if he's still pissed at Belichick. (laughs) Maybe. Like, him and Robert Kraft are, like, best friends, so I doubt he'll do that to Robert Kraft. But, like, coming back to the Jets – the Jets have a playoff roster. They just had the worst quarterback in football this year. But go back, ready-made team, young team who's going to listen to every word he says because more than likely he's been in the league longer than they've been alive. They're going to get a new offense coordinator in there that more than likely if he goes there will be of his choosing. So it makes sense. And I think his son lives in New York. So, hey, maybe he can be a family man and play football at the same time. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know, man. The only other one I heard, and it was actually from Doug Kide when we had him on a couple weeks ago, was Tennessee is not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't I think you're going to just about as bad of a situation as you would be leaving in Tampa. Yes, I know they have Derrick Henry, but the offensive line has gotten worse. Even though I think Tampa Bay's offensive line will get better next year just because of the pure fact that everybody will be healthy. It's just health. Tampa Bay doesn't have that offensive line. They'll just hurt. That's all. Yeah. Well, and you know, and and that was so much of watching Tampa Bay last night, where you just were like, if they had a healthy offensive line, there's absolutely no reason that they're not a better team. It's just Brady spent all year under siege. They could not run the ball at all. I mean, everybody making fun of. Leonard Fournette, I don't know what he was supposed to do when he gets the ball and there's Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence with big grins on their faces waiting for him <laughs> two yards in the backfield. I mean, you and I know it as former linemen. Like, we're not doing our jobs if those guys are standing behind us. So Every single time. Every, yeah, every single play. Let's, uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay here. We'll take, a, we'll take a quick time out, get our sponsors in here, and then we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, the Tampa Bay situation, I think it's even more interesting because this doesn't feel like last offseason where you had so many quarterbacks available, where we were wondering about Rodgers and Wilson and Matt Ryan was available. We, Derek Carr is available. We think Brady's available. Lamar Jackson, who knows? We'll get to that. If you're Tampa Bay, what what do you think the next moves are here if you're the Buccaneers? 
uh, you go to the 49ers and you're like, all right, whatever quarterback you don't want, we'll take them. <laughs> pick one of the pick one of the three. If it's Brock, you don't want no more, we'll take them off your hands. If you t- you don't want to deal with Trey Lance's development, cool. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think his contract is up anyways at the end of the year. We'll take Jimmy. Bring Jimmy down to Florida. I, I think that's I think that's the move. Give me one of the 49ers quarterbacks. I could I could see another one, which you would probably laugh at. Kirk Cousins, if he's on the market. So Vikings feels- are the Vikings are stuck with Kirk Cousins because they can't do any better. <laughs> they can't. But they could they could significantly do worse. Like Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback. You don't win 13 games if you're a bad quarterback. But you're not, so a, not top a great tier. quarterback. Exactly. He's Just, the literal definition of mid. You go to Marion Webster, it's a picture of Kirk Cousins wearing multiple chains and no shirt. Just standing there, <laughs> standing there smiling at you. If you look up the definition of mid, he's right there. <laughs> well, we're going to put a pin in it right there. We're going to get to our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and we're going to dive into Minnesota and Lamar Jackson and where are the Ravens going from here. But first, words from our friends. Summer is gone. Fall is here, which means football season, basketball season, hockey season, and the World Series are here, which means you never want to leave your couch just to get alcohol. Use Drizzly to get the alcohol delivered to you so you don't miss a single single second of sports this fall. Drizzly partners with local businesses to get their customers alcohol at competitive rates without having to leave the house. Our listeners can use promo code KICKOFF5 to get $5 off your first order of 20 bucks or more. Why wait till halftime or break any action for a beer run when the beer can run to you? Use promo code KICKOFF5 today and never miss a moment of all the sports going on this fall. We're in the midst of 22 straight days of football, folks. You really want to get up off the couch to go get beer? Have to miss a quarter? No. So have Drizzly delivered to you. Must be 21 years or older. Order not available in every market. Please drink responsibly. And welcome back to the opening kickoff podcast. Dave Stonewittle. My guy, Kevin Pierce, here with me. We're still waiting on word on whether Peyton Gerard will be joining us this week. I don't know. I personally don't know if I want to hear Peyton because I'm <laughs> sure he will take a shot at what happened with the Ravens. But we'll start with the Vikings because we started to touch on that before we went to break. The Kirk Cousins conversation. Everybody all year, very skeptical of the Vikings. You called them a fraud about a week ago. I've never trusted Minnesota. But I don't know if Kirk Cousins was the reason they lost that game to the Giants. Now, admittedly, the Giants, Brian Dable, if he isn't coach of the year. I don't know who is. If it's yeah, not I was going to say. If it's not him, Dan, I don't know who is. I would have said if Dan Campbell had gotten the Lions into the playoffs, that might have oversee, might have overdone it. But Brian Dable is definitely coach of the year. What he has done with Daniel Jones, I mean, now he's made Daniel Jones into sort of a, hey, you can win with this guy quarterback. And this team feels completely different. And we'll talk about them against the Eagles here in a little bit. But Minnesota, what's their next step? So you hit the nail on the head when you said Kirk Cousins isn't the reason they lost because Kirk Cousins is who we thought he was. He only had eight incompletions for just under 300 yards, and he checked the ball down with fourth in the season on the line. Like, that, that's <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Like, he is who we, we thought he was. That defense, though, that was an inexcusable performance. 
I know everyone's loving Daniel Jones right now. Rightfully so. He played his ass off. But, dude, I think we could have caught some passes in the middle of that field, man. They're wide open of a bunch of receivers that we have never heard of until, until Sunday. It's like they were by themselves the whole game long. That defense inexcusable. I'm, I'm curious as where Minnesota goes with that defense because it felt like you had Patrick Peterson – they have put some draft picks into that defense. It's not like this is a all old defense. The secondary's got some youth in there. Lewis Klein, the rookie out of Georgia this year, kind of disappeared. I think was hurt for half the season. They got some young corners, but it I, I don't even know so much if it's Ed Donatello, the defensive coordinator, that was the problem, because Ed Donatello with the Broncos was damn near impressive I think it starts up at the top in that you tried to hold over the Mike Zimmer defense from a year before which was a very good defense and the problem is good and good enough that you could have won that game yes with Mike Zimmer you win that game with that defense this year you don't win that game and I think it's because you went with too much age in certain spots. They had no pass rush on Daniel Jones. And Zedarius Smith, for after chasing the bag, was nowhere to be found. Daniel Hunter was very quiet. And inside, they had no guys to collapse the pocket on Daniel Jones. It felt like any time Jones wanted to escape the pocket, he could because it was tackles just let Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith run upfield. And Daniel Jones just stepped up and ran out of it. So I, I think that they have to get younger on defense. And I'm sorry, I like Patrick Peterson. I think he's a very good corner and has been a very good corner. He can't be your number one corner anymore. He's just no. not there anymore. So it's time that Minnesota really invests young on that defense. Your offense is set. If two great receivers in Thielen and Jefferson, if there's one thing that I do fault Kirk Cousins for, I don't ex- I don't understand how Thielen is not more involved in the offense when Justin Jefferson is taken away. If you're gonna I dedicate, about that. go ahead, go ahead. I, if you're gonna take away Justin Jefferson, which is what you have to do because he is that game changing wide receiver, how is Adam Thielen, who is just a sure handed reliable receiver, not get? Is he? Is he not recovering from all those ankle problems and he just doesn't have the getaway speed? Or is Kirk Cousins just that much of a moron that he isn't looking at Adam Thielen? But I don't I don't understand how Thielen, who before Justin Jefferson was a great receiver, now has just sort of disappeared in that offense. I really do think it's the injuries and A's. Like, yeah, I remember it's not like it's not like Adam Thielen was Tyree Hill or anything with like blazing speed and quickness. It was Craftiness and route running that really got him along the way. And you can only have but so many ankle injuries before those cuts aren't as sharp as they used to be. And you're a step and a half slower. And it just adds up, which is why I think Hawkinson got all those targets yesterday because, like, I would love to throw to Adam Thielen, but he's covered right now. <laughs> I got to give it to Hawkinson. I, I just – and maybe you're right, and and I'd have to watch the, the All-22 and the coaches film to really get – get a look at that but it's just something I thought of I think that Minnesota though going forward is in a really good spot if they get younger on defense because no matter what's going to happen Green Bay 
is probably tailing because there's going to be a drop off once Aaron Rodgers leaves. I don't care who the backup is. Jordan Love, yeah, I know he almost made a comeback on the Eagles, but at that point, the Eagles were probably like, who gives a fuck? We got this game in the bag. We're done. We're going on the next week. Don't give me that. The Lions, the Lions will be interesting, but if they lose Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator, they could be in trouble. And I'll say this, I don't think they should get rid of Jared Goff because he's the perfect quarterback for that offense. If they do that, the Lions will take a step back. And we know Chicago is pieces away, and that's being generous. And that's not a knock or a real passive dig. I think we can all agree. Chicago is pieces away. Real quick on Chicago before we move on. What do you do with that number one pick if you're you? I think I wait to see how the scouting combine goes and see who the buzz quarterbacks are coming out of that. And if there's let's, let's, let's play this out. If Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are the top two, no doubts. And then there's a drop off. Then I start calling every quarterback needy team in the top 15 and say, what do you want? We want to move down. We know you need a quarterback. We know Houston is sitting there. You want to be up in there behind or ahead of Houston to get your pick of one of these two guys because there's a drop-off. Now, if it all of a sudden turns into there's three or four real stud quarterbacks, like Will Levis all of a sudden, we all know what's going to happen, starts climbing the draft boards and another quarterback, I can't think of another one off the top of my head that's in this draft that would probably be a first round. Isn't TCU quarterback in the draft? Max Duggan, if he lights it up and all of a sudden he's a first-round kid, then maybe I say, you know what, I'll hold Pat and I'll just take a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson at one. But I I think I wait to see how that scouting combine plays out. Wouldn't you? I mean, to leverage the best deal I can get for a team that needs a quarterback. I'm drafting Bryce Young. (laughs) And I don't even think twice about it. I don't even think twice about it. Like, Justin Fields – Great running. You look great. They lost every game he ran for 100 yards of. <laughs> when he was lighting up social media with the jukes and the spins, and the, he could be the next Lamar. They were losing. That's why they have the number one pick. You can't – how dumb are they going to feel if two years from now when they have to re-sign Justin Fields, they're upset about it, and they put him on a player option or whatever, and Bryce Young is lighting up the league. <laughs> Bryce Young is lighting it up. Because he's my number one guy. Because the only knock on him is his size, because he's perfect everywhere else. You should probably take him. Like, yeah, I think the rest will figure itself out. So I'm, I'm taking Bryce Younger from them at one. Simply put. Because then if he's good and they trade back, you're now the team that traded away Bryce Young. <laughs> but, but we all know that next year's quarterback class is really loaded in terms of who's coming out. I would say, if I'm Chicago, I try to leverage, get as many picks as possible, really build the team around Justin Fields this year, and then say, if it doesn't work next year, Caleb Williams will be out, Bo Nix, Anthony Richardson. Like, you're going to – not just say Bo Nix. Jesus Christ. (laughs) um, Who's the the North North Carolina quarterback? Um, Drake May. Drake May. They will all be in next year's class. That's where I start thinking, okay, this is the prove-it year for Justin Fields. I don't think you make the decision on Fields now. 
you got rid of Matt Nagy, which we all know was a disaster. First year in Matt Eberflus and that new regime, I think you got to give it one more year before okay, I say I'm right there. So then I'm leveraging that first pick to get to build around and say, look, Justin, we've now given you the talent. If you can't get us there, you can't take that next step as a passer, which I, I, I'm so sick of that narrative that they can't throw the ball. He can pass the ball. It's just the passing game is not dynamic enough like his run game. Like we had the conversation with Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago. Great running quarterback. They only, they only, they only say that about black quarterbacks, Dave. They I know, I know. I, absolutely, because – he made it, made it all the way to the NFL, and magically he can't throw the football anymore. Okay. Right. <laughs> all right, no doubt. <laughs> Come on now. I know. I'm, I'm, I, trust me. It's, it's a tired narrative, and I'm tired of talking about it because I've done it for five years in Baltimore. But the passing game has to be more dynamic. I think that he won't – that even he will admit the passing game is not where it's at. So get another receiver to – I mean, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins – because we all know that he probably isn't coming back to Arizona, but start to build around him and say, Justin, look, this is your prove it year. We've got you to talent now. If you elevate it, you're our guy. If you don't, next year look at the quarterback class. We're going to trade you, and we're going to get your we're going to get your replacement. My only counter argument to that is you're the number one pick now. Who's to say? Let's say you do all that to improve Justin Fields, right? And you end up like. Five and twelve, six and eleven. You got better, but now you're too. You got too much better, and now you can't get a good, as good a quarterback as you'd be able to get this year. Whatever quarterback they'll be able to get at like the eight ten spot next year is not going to be as good as Bryce Young or even CJ. So I don't know. That's why I'm just like, okay, let's go all in now, Justin. Thanks for your service. Trade him somewhere. Hell, maybe he goes to Tampa Bay. Who knows? <laughs> get him. Get him out of there. Send him somewhere nice. And let's go ahead and build a back show. All right. Well, we're on topic of quarterbacks and making decisions. Let, let's get to the one that is going to dominate headlines. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It, it feels sort of all over the place. Uh, it's Following every day feels like trying to decipher a Ouija board when you're trying to get ready to summon a, a ghost. Kev, you're an outsider. You've been very adamant that Lamar Jackson is not coming back, correct? Yeah, no, he's gone. <laughs> Lamar's gone. Because you should have paid him last year. I know there's a lot of excuses. Oh, just because the Browns put a Brad contract with him, Deshaun Watson doesn't mean they should give Lamar the same thing. Yes, that's exactly what that means. You're not going to tell me if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm an MVP. I took us to the playoffs every year I finished as a starter. And I'm – what is happening right now? Hold <laughs> on. Kev's having some okay. audio technical difficulties. I think you're back. Can you hear me? And I'm back. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. My bad. I'm MVP. I took us to the playoffs every year I'm a starter. What is, what is, what is going on? Hold on. Technical difficulties, everybody. I'm just going. I'm going to well, – I'm going to say this while, while you do that. I have been the opposite. I still think Lamar Jackson is going to get a long-term deal from the Baltimore Ravens. And I've argued all along, Kev, that what was the motivation 
for either side to get a deal done before the season. Because I got the sense from everything I read and everything I heard that, yeah, Lamar would like to have a deal done before the season. The Ravens would like to get a deal done. But the Ravens also came out and said in the summer, we already had the $23 million on the books that he was fully guaranteed for his fifth-year option. The team, Lamar Jackson's focus was never about the contract. If you listen to what he said, he was focused on getting together with my receivers. I want to go win a Super Bowl. I want to get healthy. So I've always argued from that standpoint that I wasn't surprised the deal didn't get done because, Kev, the motivation wasn't there to get the deal done. Now, transition to this offseason. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. The Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson guaranteed for next year. I know they can put the franchise tag, save that franchise tags, are death sentences when it comes to keeping guys long term. It doesn't doesn't equate unless you're franchising a guy because you're like shit. I'm, we're, we're really close, but we're running out of time. Let's put the tag on him. Hey, this is not going to be the deal. We're going to get you to a long term deal. We just need the the extra time. So I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me where Lamar Jackson's full motivation was to get the long-term deal done. I never saw that. Never heard because that. We, we heard it from people. We heard it from the Jay Glazers and the Adam Schefters and Ian Rappaports of this is what's happening in the negotiation. We never heard it from Lamar himself. And that's the, that, at the end of the day, is the thing that I think factors in. Lamar Jackson is negotiating for himself. So he's going to be the guy to tell you if he's unhappy with how things are going. And from everything I've heard and everything I've read, the Ravens made inroads with him in August. They're going to pick up the contract talks. In fact, I think they even have started those talks now that the season is over. So You're a very wishful thinker, and I know you have to be because you're a Ravens fan. Let me tell you how this actually works. <laughs> MVP, quarter, MVP quarterbacks on their first contract don't make it to the last year of that contract. They just don't. Like, they don't. Justin Fields and Joe Burrow are going to be eligible for extensions this year. They're getting signed. Like, I just want to make sure. I'm, you could book it. I put my house on it. They're getting – they're not making it out to offseason without a contract. And they haven't accomplished what a, what a Lamar Jackson has. Joe Burrow made a Super Bowl, yeah, but not the same. You know what I mean? So there's that. And also, when you play the style of football like Lamar does, you take the risk of getting hurt like he has the last two years. And who knows, maybe next time it's not a sprain they go or a sprain MCL. Maybe next time he blows his knee out completely. So there's a lot of motivation. This is getting a long-term deal done. I, I, I don't disagree with that point. But what I'm arguing and why I've had an issue with how everybody has talked about it since August is where, where was the – Holdout. There was no holdout. If it, to me, if you were really motivated about getting a long-term deal done, you don't step on the field in training camp. You don't play a game. But everybody that I hear and I read all the stuff, Kevin, I know you say I'm being optimistic because I'm a Raven fan. I'm just I'm looking at this as objectionally as possible, and I still think there is a chance that Lamar Jackson could get traded. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. I'm just saying. From what I read, what I hear, and I take a guy like Lamar Jackson at his word, and his motivation all along has always been to win a Super Bowl for his team, for his city. So 
when he didn't get the deal done in August, that told me, hey, my focus is not about the money. My focus is about I want to win a championship. That is my first goal. Now, of course, it's different because now you need a contract. But I, I, I see this working out in the end just because the Ravens know. And the reality is if Lamar Jackson leaves, they're in trouble. They know oh, that he is the butter, the butter to their bread. So they're not going to let Lamar Jackson just walk out the door. He's going to be there long-term. The Ravens will do what they need to do. And I think Lamar Jackson, in the same vein, wants to win a Super Bowl first. The money is nice. The money is great. But I don't think he's, I'm going to be the next guy to break the bank and set the mark, if that makes sense. I think he asked for that. But I think eventually there will be the negotiation where Lamar Jackson realizes I can't ask for the bank. If I really want to win a Super Bowl. if I want to make my money, then I'm going to do what Deshaun Watson did. But if I want to win a Super Bowl, which is something that he has said from the get go, then he probably takes a little bit less. a still a very, very favorable deal because there is no quarterback bargains in free agency when it comes to signing a quarterback. I mean, how Derek Carr, is going to get a pretty nice contract wherever he goes. Russell Wilson right. got a very nice contract for mediocre quarterback play. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson will get paid handsomely, but he's not going to get the Deshaun Watson deal because eventually he'll somebody will tell him, look, your best bet to win is to be in Baltimore. Your best bet to get <laughs> what you wanted. Yes. Yeah. N- name me, name me a, name. Okay, then name me a spot where you think he can go, and I'll argue why it's not a good spot. Jets, Lions, Raiders, uh, <laughs> like Washington. Even like there's a, there's a lot of spots he can go to where he'll at least have some receiver that a non-football fan will be able to name. Like let's first be real, and a couple other um, things you brought up that I just wanted to get to quickly. Philosophically, I just hate that players are the only people that are asked to sacrifice their bottom line in order to make that in order to reach the grand goal. And it shouldn't be about business for you, even though you're the only one who's risking your life and body out there. Like that's such bullshit to me. He's like, Oh, he only wants to win a Super Bowl, So that means he shouldn't get paid everything he's worth. Fuck that. He can do both. He can do Hold both. On, on, on. He's got a 10 year, $500 million contract. He might win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me, I'm not saying that Lamar doesn't get, paid handsomely but all i'm saying is and i've had this conversation with people that that fully guaranteed contract that deshaun watson got is the outlier and and you're going to see that in other negotiations not just with lamar jackson everybody that looks at the that deshaun watson deal says uh, that look that's an outlier cleveland doesn't fucking know what they're doing that's not going to be the norm Maybe one day it will be the norm that quarterbacks get fully guaranteed contracts, but I don't think that's going to come this go around, even with Burrow and Herbert and those guys coming up. I don't see fully guaranteed contracts unless, more. unless, <laughs> unless more. owners decide to put in a stipulation in the salary cap that is a solely quarterback cap that doesn't count towards a regular cap because eventually you're not going to be able to, to put together great teams 
unless the salary cap is $500 million. That's just the reality and the economics of how things are. Economically, I feel you, but I'm just going to, Lamar Jackson's arguing for himself. He don't got an agent, so I'm going to be Lamar Jackson in this situation. I won an MVP and I didn't rape anybody. Pay me. <laughs> it's really that simple. It's like, hey, I managed to keep my hands to myself and I'm more accomplished than him. Pay me. <laughs> the, the really, that's why the fact these negotiations went so long is baffling to me because I know that's how these meetings are going. It's like, hey, hey guys, y'all say you love me. You, built, you say you built all these teams around me. I want to MVP here. I got us a playoff win. I'm taking us to the playoffs pretty much every year. And again, I ain't raped nobody. So yeah, I deserve more money than him. <laughs> like that, that's real simple to me. And I feel like Lamar feels the same way. It's like, hey, this shouldn't be a debate. Just give me, give me the money. That same contract that Deshaun signed, just print it out, white out over his name, add another million at the back of it so I can feel better at night, and just give it to me. I think the reality is what, what I think the eventual contract will look like, it, whether it's even with the Ravens or with someone else, probably five years pushing towards 275, 300 million, about 190 to 200 of that fully guaranteed, probably a bunch of that fully guaranteed at the time of signing. Because that's, that's how a lot of teams are probably going to start doing that going forward because that money doesn't hit the cap the same way as if you spread that out. That would roughly put the average annual salary at about 55. Again, I'm trying to roughly do the math here. About 55, 60 million a year, which would easily reset the quarterback market. I just I don't think you're going to see and I know you disagree with me. I just don't think you're going to see a fully guaranteed contract right in this cycle. I think it's going to be a couple years after before we start to see those fully guaranteed contracts become the norm for the quarterback position. Because I think there's just too many owners that right now think, "No, man, Cleveland just fucked up and we can't do this right now." We just can't afford to do this. Because the reality is Cincinnati can't afford to do a fully guaranteed contract for Joe Burrow. They're notoriously a stingy franchise when it comes to paying people. The Chargers just spent $600 million to go be the stepsister to the Rams. <laughs> so that like the money for those two teams is not there to be able to do fully guaranteed contracts. Not with the way the cap situations are right now. So, I still think we're a couple find, years they away. They better go find it. They better go find that money. I'm trying to tell you. These, young, <laughs> well, these look, young boys are not playing. I know they're not playing. You know, and they have every right. And I think they have every right to have that conversation as Peyton Gerard is hopping on with us. So we'll get his thoughts here, Kevin, in a moment. But at the end of the day, I, I just I don't see it happening yet. I don't see it happening yet. He's Oh, Peyton, that is – that's a rough background to have right now. It. He's changing it as we speak. Welcome in, bud. Okay. Now that's just... He's gone. Huh? Like a What's psychedelic color behind him. Oh, now he has trash behind him. Okay, that's great. What's up, Peyton? What's up with Mac Jones? What's up with Mac oh. Jones? I mean, we're just going to have a conversation. Uh, Mac Jones needs an actual offense coordinator. Okay. <laughs> that's what he needs. And we'll judge him accordingly afterwards. I mean, shit, that's what y'all did. Didn't Matt Canada on Indeed.com looking for a new job right now? I think we're just 
figuring out what's going on with Byron Leftwich, and I'm still debating whether that's the right move because he it's really odd hiring some guy that just got fired, but I fuck with Byron Leftwich and it can't be worse. So that's where <laughs> I'm at. Like there's no way it could be worse. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. and also it pisses me off that Matt Canada like improved statistically. So it probably like helps his argument that the, it finally got better. But I'm like, guys, this is this the future? Like, come on, guys, let's move on. But what what were you guys talking about? I'm late. Yeah, we were debating Lamar Jackson and, and his situation. Kev believes that he's done, gone, out the door. He's gone. I, I think the opposite. I think that there are a lot of people that ran with the narratives. And I think at the end of the day, the Ravens know they need Lamar Jackson. And I think Lamar Jackson wants to stay in Baltimore. I think that they get a long-term deal done. What is your take? See, the thing is, like, I, I, the real question is, what's the number? Like, did, did, does he, like, what was it, 250? The last was the offer he turned down, right? Yes, but only 133 of that was fully guaranteed. And that Which was is the so problem. disrespectful. Which is so yeah. disrespectful. It's disrespectful because of what everyone else did. But it's like, I mean, I'm not giving a guy 250 that's missed 10 games in the last two years, fully guaranteed. I fuck. I like Lamar Jackson better than all the other guys that got deals this past year. But it's like, I just think about like, think what scares them. And you can think about this, Dave, is they think about what, what happened with the Joe Flacco deal and how it really fucked them up for probably, what'd you, what would you say, like three years? It was just kind of like you had to deal with what you had. You knew he was older. You you went for Lamar on like an off chance. So you're like, well, maybe we'll just go this route. We have a, someone behind it. But like it kind of messed them up in free agency and other things, and they couldn't like move forward because how that deal was structured. Now, hopefully they've learned from their mistakes. But if I'm the Ravens, I'm giving him what he wants because you've seen the options. And I don't think Derek Carr is like the guy you're going to sign or anything like that. And like the list of like free agents, like, I don't know. I think it's tough. And like Lamar for being a guy from Florida, really like in, I would say embodies with like a guy for Baltimore, like what you want and like a quarterback and everything like that. If he like, it feels like he understands like the city, everything like that. So it's tough. And you've seen the option, the alternatives, Tyler Huntley, that can't work for a full year. There's no way. Greg Roman's a different topic. But I mean, I, ultimately, I, I think he's gone just because of the way it's ended. And I, I just don't, I think it was really odd how he was the one to break the news he was out officially. We all knew he wasn't going to probably play. But he kind of just took the reins of it and was like, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I'm not playing, like, Saturday. And I just think you look at it and it's like, he has no one in his ear that's a manager. And that can be a good thing for some reasons. But the other reasons, that's kind of like, dude, this is a really good fucking deal. We should take this right now. Like, there, he has, you know, no one in his ear probably telling him that, other than the people in the, you know, Harbaugh and all them. But I think at the end of the day, that he has a better chance of probably moving on from them and starting fresh. If he stays, it'll be the same thing. I mean, they may break through and win a Super Bowl one time, but I think it's better just to go start fresh, mess up a division, create chaos. Um, real quick before you go, Dave, if they don't re-sign Lamar Jackson and bring in a white quarterback, I'm letting y'all know right now, Baltimore's going to burn. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to make sure y'all know that now. Baltimore's going to burn. Like if, if Lamar Jackson 
I don't know if y'all been to Baltimore City lately. He might as well be God. I never thought that they would yeah. love someone as much as Ray Lewis. They do. They love Lamar. If he leaves and they bring blue-eyed Derek Carr into that city, oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Derek, Derek, Derek Carr will be in the state, but it'll be in Landover. I'm fully convinced that Derek I think Carr is going to be the next commander's quarterback. It just it makes too much sense. He's a Ron Rivera guy. The Colts, it's to complete the trifecta, the holy trinity of white, <laughs> a bit, uh, a, like below average white quarterbacks. You the, got, Colts can't do, the Colts can't do that another year, though. How many years are you going to do the subpar quarterback instead of just starting new? You never know. They, 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 they will amaze. They I mean, Chris again. Ballard, the GM there, has to have been like, Jim Mercer was like, look, we're firing Frank Reich. Just so you know, if this doesn't work out next year, you're probably gone too. So, Good luck to you. He's probably like, best of luck in your signings. But no, I mean, I agree. I think the hard part is to picture Lamar anywhere but Baltimore because of like how well he's received and things like that, where I just think it's, you know, all the hate, it seems to be from the outside looking in, like the people who don't follow everything. But yeah, it's just hard to imagine him not there. But at the same time, I think, you're not going to get what you want. Oh, Dave's gone. It's okay. We're, we're here. We're here. We'll fill in the gaps while he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess your take was obviously he's going to leave as well, correct, I'm assuming? Yes. He's, he's, out, of, he's out of there. It's, it's too much. You know the saying where there's smoke, there's fire? Yeah. I there feel is that. A, there is a flaming inferno at M&T Bank Stadium right now. And Lamar Jackson is at the center of it. And he's like, I'm not putting this out until y'all pay me. I was telling Dave earlier, I know the Deshaun Watson contract is not the example y'all want it to be. But for Lamar, it's simple. I won an MVP, and I didn't rape nobody. Pay me more than him. That's a very yeah. simple equation, especially since he doesn't have the agent, like you said. That's one hell of an argument. And if I'm Lamar, you're not talking me out of that argument. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's like, dude, like, this guy is playing for the Browns, getting this money. We play for the Ravens. Even though the Browns have been around forever, like, we hold more weight around here. Like, come on, guys. Like, rep- let me ask you this then. If he, where can you see Lamar Jackson other than Baltimore? New York Jets. Yeah. The Jets are money. getting the quarterback this offseason. They have the yeah, money. I mean, I don't. They can't. I don't, I don't think they'd have to trade up, give away all those first round picks to get back into that like spot to take somebody and i guarantee you they're not taking will levis because they're probably like we get another yeah, no, dud no, no. can't do a dud gotta be a home run so now i like that and i was gonna say i mean there's always people that'll come up out of the out of nowhere i mean there's another option of like hey what's Tua doing this off season you hopefully know what i mean retiring, but that's a story for another day. hopefully retiring. yeah i mean Please, for the love of God, pay this man money and just ask him to leave. But I, I look at Miami and it's like, it Miami, you know, Florida guy. I'm sure he would get along very well in the city of Miami. It's not like oddly enough, like the biggest like sports crew of people. It's very similar to like L.A. of like people are in if you're winning, and like they just kind of fizzle out. I think if you're not, but I think Miami's an interesting one if like Tua doesn't come back. All right, let's move on uh, to oh, one other. Back. 
I am back. My uh, my internet just decided randomly it was it was done, and it heard enough of me talking about <laughs> Lamar Jackson, obviously, and just said you're done. All right, so one more topic, and that would be the Chargers, the epic collapse against the Jaguars. Brandon Staley somehow still has a job. Uh, that makes no sense to me. It was it had to have been a finger pointing contest in that room, and he had more <laughs> fingers pointing at the those two guys. The offensive coordinator fired, the quarterback coach fired. Jacksonville moves on. We'll preview that game against the Chiefs in a a moment. But how? Kev, explain to me how Brandon Staley still has a job. Sean Payton must have told him no already. That's the only answer I got. Sean Payton must be like, I'm not going, I'm not moving to LA. Like, that's the only reason I could think of that's why he still has a job. Because there's no way you could watch him hold back one of the best quarterbacks we have in the league for multiple years and then have the most epic collapse in a playoff game since that Chiefs-Colts game a couple, a couple years back. Like it, There's no way you could watch that as the owner and be like, you know what, yeah, he'll keep running back. Come on back, Brandon. Like, no. Nah. Mm. I just want to know how he's the guy calling the plays on the defense. And I, I look, I, I get the offense was non-existent in the second half, did nothing to help them win that football game. They fucking way, threw it like every fucking play. Yeah, and I, I get part of that, but Brandon Staley's a defensive coach, and the defense was horrific. I mean, I think Zay Jones was wide open in the entire state of Florida on the one touchdown. There was not a charger within <laughs> two states of him. I mean, it was a he's he was even calling plays. Al Michaels is as unenthusiastic, and I love Al as he was, even said Brandon Staley has a defense coordinator, but he calls the plays. It was the defense that as bad as the offense was in the second half, gave up 24 points to lose the damn game. I struggle to blame the defense if you get five turnovers in one game, though. That's that's just hard. That's hard for me. That's yeah, it, they but the the problem was like they got the points or they got majority of the points off those turnovers. It was just Trevor Lawrence kind of like woke the fuck up and was like, "What am I doing? I'm Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I can play football very well. Let me sling this thing around." I just I just don't get did, like they the Chargers literally made a campaign video of how we're like the NFL is keeping Austin Eckler out of the Pro Bowl. Like, as a joke. And I'm kind of like, you guys are keeping him out of the fucking game. I mean, why didn't you hand him the ball? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a top five running back. Probably. Probably. Yeah, Yes. And you look at it and I'm like, dude, hand him the ball. Like, even if you're only getting two yards, you're running the clock. At some point, like, if you even play that bad in the second half, like the clock will help you save you. And it was, it, I literally went to bed before it was there. I think they were at 20. I went to bed and I woke up so confused why there wasn't a hundred dollars in my bank account. I was like, <laughs> what happened? And I wasn't even, no, nah, not just straight up. I had that. I had a couple other things hit. I'm like, okay, got that. I got that. I got that. Where's this is not making sense. I'm doing the math and I'm like looking up and I looked at the score. I, I immediately ran downstairs, watched Sports Center, 
just waiting for it to revolve around. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I'm just like amazed. I mean, they were just throwing it like every play. I don't, Dave, you said it probably about seven weeks ago that they should look into frying Brandon Staley if they didn't make the playoffs. They should fire him now. I'm with you. You were correct. Guy should be held accountable. Whole team. Uh, Again, I will go back to what I have said, and it'll be the last point I make because it's not going to matter because he's not getting fired. You fired Anthony Lynn for less than what Brandon Staley has done since I, I know it, I know, I know, Kev, I get it, I know, but <laughs> I just, I, I, the, the reasons that you gave for firing Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley's doing the same thing. He's doing the same damn thing. I want that explanation from the Spanos family, and I know I'm not going to get it, so I'm going to shout it in his microphone every week until somebody talks to me. Just, I just don't like. I the whole the whole argument I heard why he stayed was because you said Dave, he's the defensive coordinator, so he calls the defense. But then I'm kind of like, all right, you're the head coach. Walk the fuck over there about five yards and grab that man, take his headset off, and yell him, "Run the fucking ball!" You're the head coach. You can overrule whatever he's about to do. Like, unless it's a full-on mutiny in the Chargers facility, you can change the play. Like, grab Justin Herbert and be like, hey, don't listen to him. Listen to me. This is what we're going to do. It just, it baffles me. And it and it, it, it su- sucks to see it because the biggest thing I think about is it's such a waste for, like, Justin Herbert's talent to, like, not even have a shot at keep going. Like, Justin Herbert's too good to be losing in the wild card game. And he should have done more too. I'll give I'll, you know, if you want to throw blame everywhere, but like he I think he did enough to win at least one game. But I don't know. I'm happy you brought that up because Justin Herbert can't leave this without blame. You're telling me you put up you got yeah. spotted 24 points and you only put up another three for the rest of the game? Yeah. And you're supposed to be top five? Nah, no, 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 no. We need <laughs> nah. They put yeah. the ball in his hands. They kept throwing the ball. All right, just all right, Justin. Thanks for the promised land. And he gave him three points in the second half. Nah, you can't leave it out blame. When he gets ultimately, ultimately he gets paid in the offseason. I want this brought up. I want this brought up. Just I, as long. I'm gonna meet, I'm gonna leave it as a mental note, and I'm gonna come back to it if this happens again. I'm gonna be like, look, that was strike one and two right there. You do it again, I'm taking you out of my top five. And my list matters. <laughs> All of our lists matter. <laughs> As long as you don't pull an Emmanuel Acho and call him a social media quarterback. Yo, I'm forget. done with Emmanuel Acho, bro. Yeah, this I mean, man. He is. He is, he is he a social is media quarterback. Fucking, he's crazy. <laughs> what did you say? He is, he is a social media quarterback. I don't know. I don't know why. Emmanuel Acho took it too far, but he's Emmanuel Acho. He's trying to be the black skid Bayless. That's what he does. But he's Justin Herbert. out of this world. He went on like. He was like, I'm tired. Like, I'm, I don't want to be bullied and all this shit. And I'm, then he, then the next, the first chance he gets, he brings out that fucking jersey. And I'm like, you're a crazy person. You're just the craziest guy on the. T- uh, Skip Bayless is watching this, being like, damn, that's nuts. I thought Skip Bayless. <laughs> I know. I thought Skip Bayless was gonna have a stroke today on TV. If anyone saw him talking about the Cowboys, I literally thought he was gonna have a stroke. I actively avoid Skip Bayless content. <laughs> I, I, I just watch it to see how mad Shannon Sharp can get. Because one day, there's like one day, it's just gonna have to end with him slapping the fuck out of him. Just gonna have to be, and like 
He'll be like, all right, I'm just a podcaster now. That's it. I'm a Hall of Famer and I'm a podcaster. That's what I'm going to be. I have enough money. I've taken enough care of enough people. I can still live. Fuck this. I'm going to slap him. That's his thought process. I would be for that. I, like, and, but, but you can't criticize him the way you criticize Chris Rock. Uh, I'm sorry, Will Smith for smacking Chris Rock. Two entirely I, I, different. I, I didn't criticize him at all. Never yeah. I no, neither did I. But you know people will say the professionalism. Fuck that man. I'd smack the shit out of Skip Bayless too. Yeah. I feel but like I, I was in the minority, but maybe Stephen A was so entertaining to me. Like I didn't realize how bad Skip Bayless was probably until like two years ago when I'm like, man, this guy really fucking sucks. And then I was just like, and then he just, he just never has an argument. And then you're like, I always get confused. I'm like, do you hate LeBron or do you love LeBron? Like, what's going on here? Because I thought you he were a no. Huh? He loves LeBron. He wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for LeBron. Of course he does. I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Oh, too much time for Skip Bayless here. Well, here's what I'll say about Skip Bayless, and then we're going to pick the divisional round games. What I don't respect about Skip Bayless is when he gets into arguments with people, he never brings up counter arguments. He always starts hurling insults. Like the day he threw the insult at Shannon Sharp that he was jealous because Tom Brady is still playing and Shannon Sharp isn't. That to me, that you can disagree with a person, but like we don't always agree on this show, but we don't take nasty digs at each other if we do it's in a it's in a light-hearted manner where we all walk away knowing hey we're still friends at the end of this there's no awkwardness between us but that's crossing a line whenever you do one of these shows or you do a podcast where all of a sudden you take it from the topic at hand and you make it personal and it unnecessarily goes personal i thought of 30 jokes while you were saying that about you I'm sure you did, but I just right when you said it, I was just like, "He's such a he's such a nice guy." What? <laughs> <laughs> Dave's just, one of the nicest. Just, I'm all for a good roast, but Dave's one of the nicest people I know. I wish yeah, I it's, it's hard. <laughs> You're nice like guy. one of the hard <laughs> people. You're a hard guy to roast. Yeah, no, I'd feel so shitty afterwards. I'd apologize. I'm like my bad, bro. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that to you. Look, I have taken my fair share of being roasted in my life, so it's. It's more than okay. But at the end of the day, like we can all poke fun at each other. We can all take digs at each other, but we know where that line is. And Skip Bayless never knows where that line is. He always has to take it past that point to where now you're upset. Now you're pissed at him. And that's where I lose respect as a commentator for him. Like the, with the three of us, I could say Kevin and I have disagreed on numerous things. Peyton, you and I always disagree. disagree. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, you and I walk away still on good terms. Of course. Yeah. Now, Brandon, on the other hand, when he gets on the Bills bandwagon, now that he's not here, I'm not fucking saying no. I'm kidding. Let's get to. Oh, the- I'm so mad Brandon isn't here because I had a spicy Josh Allen take that I needed to see his face for. Let, let me hear. I'm a supporter. I'm a spokesperson for Brandon Stevens. Usually, <laughs> not here. Our interests. We usually have a friendly agreement that we're aligned on most things. You ready? 
Josh Allen is Jameis Winston dipped in baby powder. <laughs> he, Josh Allen loves to do stupid shit, bro. He just loves it. He can't help himself. Like, he's a great quarterback. Definitely top three to five. But he just can't help but do stupid shit. And it's so annoying to watch. <laughs> it's like, Josh, you don't have to be the hero. It's everything I've ever said about Jameis, I've said about Josh Allen. Relax, my brother. You don't have to do all this. I will you say wear, this. Your team wears blue and red. You're not in white right now. Go to your team. I I do agree with you. You brought I was off. I didn't agree with you because I thought you were gonna say they're the same skill level. And I'm like, that's wrong. No. But now no, you no, brought no. it back. Now I'm with you. I would only wow, that's such a good take. Um <laughs> The only thing I would say is, and I don't know why it is, I think it's because Jameis, like, if you ever heard Jameis, like, on a podcast or anything, he's actually pretty well-spoken and, like, smart on subjects. But when he, but when he gets on a football field, it's like he's lost. It's like when you're nervous, like, you're confident, but you just don't have the words. You're like, we got to beat these guys, man. And you're like, okay, yeah. Like, say that, but it's like, say it cooler. And it's like, I just say, I think, like, Josh Allen doesn't give me, like, that whimsical, like, funny, like, ha It's kind of more like when he throws a pick or does something weird like that, you're like, just be better, bro. Oh, like, be better. Like, why? He like, can't you're not, help himself from doing stupid shit. He just can't help it. It's just like, you're not that guy. Like, be the, in a good way, like, be the guy we know you are. Do the, do the Josh Allen things, you know? But... <laughs> Not yeah, he's I like that take. He is yeah, he has some really bad ones. Like I'll never I'll never forget. This is the first one comes to my mind. Two was an and if it, if it's a Jameis comparison, you have to do a really amazing play that no one could do and then it won something that no one also something bad no one could do. When he played Minnesota, I think it was his second year and he hurdled like I think uh God, who's Eric there? Kendricks. Eric Hendricks and everyone's like holy fucking shit that was cr like clean smoke hurdle ran and I'm like holy shit that's crazy the next was when they played the Texans in the playoffs and they were up I think and they were driving down the field and he just fucking lateraled the ball just like to nobody to nobody and you were it. just like why did you do that you're on you're <laughs> like the 30 yard line what are you doing but it was amazing it was truly a work of art. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, bro. Jameis is so fucking funny. Like, I heard he was on Cam Jordan's podcast, and they were, like, doing 30 questions real quick. He's like, who's the most famous person on your phone? And I would assume Jameis Winston knows a lot of people. He goes, probably you can. Probably you can. You're like, you, you're like, you got, like, Phil Knight's phone number in your fucking, like, on speed dial. Like, but you James have to know people. But James is also such a nice person. They're such nice guys. That's all you want. You just like, uh. <laughs> it's amazing. Why. That's so dumb. That's just so dumb. Wow, uh, I love that take. I love uh, yeah, that, that take. That, I'm going to steal that at work tomorrow. I'm going to be like. That is the take. I'll cite it. I'll I save, cite you. I saved that one just for y'all. Y'all know I make like multiple videos a day. That one I saved just for you guys. 
That was so fucking fun. That is, that is going to be a clip. All right, we got four games to pick in the divisional round. Saturday afternoon, the Jaguars, all their epic comeback, go to Kansas City, take on our guy, Danny Williams, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kev, Jacksonville? On, <laughs> Fuck no. Give me Kansas City. <laughs> Give me Kansas City. Chiefs win, but Jags cover the eight and a half points. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, it's just like it kind of like I look back at it and it's like I think I come to this part every year with the Chiefs in the playoffs. Like, did their defense get better at any point? Like, did it? And like I just remember every year in the playoffs, like they're okay with giving up a decent amount of points because they have Pat Mahomes. So they're like, fuck it. We keep him to like 24, maybe we're good. Probably good. It's like he can get 31. Fuck it. But uh okay. I'm gonna go with Chiefs. I think I think the Chiefs will cover. I think everyone, I think the public will be on the Jags, I think. I'll tell you right now, if the Jaguars spot the Chiefs 27 points, they're losing by 80. (laughs) It's not going to go down like that. It ain't going to be fun. It'll be reminiscent of the Steelers-Chiefs playoff game last year. Yes. It was like 45 to 21. Giants play the Eagles, a divisional match, third time the charm. Eagles favored by seven and a half. Peyton, who do you like? Yo, I fucking hate Philly so much. Like, I really hate them. But, like, there's people I like on the Eagles. But I think about all – then I come back to Philly. So, I'm going to go Giants in, like, a love spot. Like, I honestly – I think the reason I feel that way is only because I was so impressed with how they played and Saquon Barkley running the ball – Last week against the Minnesota, I think we all knew Minnesota was pretty much frauds, but I thought that the Giants were also frauds, but like they were the they were more frauds because I was like they shouldn't be in the playoffs, and they came out swinging and like I think more about like their defense was whatever, but Danny Jones, I mean, fuck for his first playoff game, he didn't do fucking too shabby. There's probably a lot better names that didn't start off too hot in their first playoff debut. So I'll be optimistic. I'll go Giants. I like the Giants. I like Dabble. I'm going to go Giants, too. I think think the Eagles kick the shit out of the Giants next week. Really? I think they kick kick the shit out of the Giants. The Vikings' defense is really bad, bro. I don't know if y'all watched Yeah, but, like – That Vikings' defense is bad. Bad, I tell you. Bad. Like, and – Jalen Hurts, no matter how he performs, I'll tell you what he won't do. He's not checking the ball down on fourth and eight with your season on the line. He ain't doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a bad look. It's a bad <laughs> yeah, look. No. A couple guys doing that. Josh Dobbs doing that a couple weeks before. Then you got that, and you're like, oh, come on, man. And, like, I don't even care if they're covered. Just fucking throw it someone's way. I'm, I think the Giants win, though, because they're the hot team right now. They're, you look at all the teams – there's always that classic team that sort of gets on a run. I think it's I think it's the Giants. They they Isn't played Danny... the best out of out of the the teams that won. And Kev, you're Rock not going to like this. You're not going to like this. But isn't Daniel Jones Eli reincarnated? I'm going to say this he, He's more talented than Eli Manning. That's a fact. Yes, absolutely. You're not going to debate. Manning. I'm not going to debate. Have you seen the guy fucking run? He makes a lot yeah, of people like, look slow. They called him Vanilla Vic, and I thought they were tripping at first until I saw him run. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Bro, right. 
like the fact how fast he like his shiftiness is so underwhelming. Like you're like, you have to look at this guy walking the stadium with the vineyard vines fit coat top to bottom, the Sperry's with no socks. And you're like, this guy doesn't have a bone, a finesse bone in his body. Like there's no way, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm just, I like the Cinderella. I like him, you know, to make a little run and I hate Philly. So. All right, the Bengals and the Bills play each other in Buffalo. Who do you like? Ben, you want this one? Just win. Just be fucking better. Just be better, Josh Allen. I'm taking Josh (laughs) Allen. Just be better. Like, don't. No. Like, don't overthink it. Like, the guy, look at look at what the guy across from you, Joe Cool does. He is not worried at any moment of any football game. Just do that. I think you're confident enough. You're good enough. Just do it. And I would imagine, I would just imagine DeMar Hamlin's at that game. I'm, I'm going to Bills. Because I'll let I you do it. If you think that's emotional, if that helps him or not, I imagine he's at that game. I would think he is. I would think they, so. I, I think the Bills win because I, the the better team didn't win the Raven Bengal game Sunday night. The Bengals. You don't believe that. I know. <laughs> I do, no, I, no, I truly believe if the Ravens had scored a touchdown instead of a fucking quarterback sneak on third and goal when uh-huh. you're outside the one yard line, Ravens score a touchdown the way that defense was playing. I don't think Cincinnati would have won that game. I truly believe that looking at it objectionately. I think the Bills. I, the problem I think the Bills got is they got up to such a big lead so quickly they got lax a days ago. I don't think you're going to have that again this week. I think the Bills win. I think the Bengals keep it close. It's going to be a one-score game. It'll be a great game, but I think the Bills win because the Bills are the better team. Kev, give me Sensi, man. Give me Sensi. Okay. The same way that Josh Allen loves to do stupid shit, Joe Burrow was the exact opposite. Joe Burrow is going to go bombs away on the defense that just gave up 30 points to Skylar fucking Thompson, who might not even be in the league next year. Joe Burrow is going bombs away on this defense. I can't wait to see it. Even before the DeMar Hamlin thing happened on Monday night, they the were. Bengals were moving the ball. I don't – we're just – they were on their way to score again before DeMar Hamlin got hurt. Yeah. yeah give, me, give me the Bengals. It's going to be real emotional with DeMar there. I'm sure he'll be there. And the Bengals are going to look like dicks for winning that game. But, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – I just – I just got to think what you said, Dave, of, like, they got to come out. They got to hold a lead. Like, they got to come out firing. Do what you do. Like, it's in It's in Buffalo. I don't know what the weather is going to be. I hope there's snow. I would love one more one more Buffalo snow game. That would be the sweetest thing ever. Um, but I just I, – I know what you're saying, Kevin, because, like, the last time I played, I just feel like the Buffalo is the better team in my mind. Um, yeah, I just got to stick with Buffalo. All right, one more game to pick before we get out of here. The Cowboys are heading to San Francisco to take on Brock Purdy and the Niners. Peyton, you made a face. I'll start it off. I got the Niners. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. I've been convinced of that for five weeks. Not a damn thing changed after watching what they did to Seattle. 
That defense, when it needs to, makes the plays. Brock Purdy does exactly what you need him to do. Can you make five big plays in the passing game? He might make more than he might make more than five plays, low key. But at a minimum, he needs to make five big throws. As as a a third string quarterback, he can make five big throws. And Christian McCaffrey has has taken that offense to another level with with being healthy. Give me the Niners. I don't give a shit what Dallas did. I, I'm so I, I don't I don't care. They beat a team that probably shouldn't have been in the playoffs in Tampa Bay. Don't for one second get on your high horse if you're Dallas. Now you're playing a real team and you're gonna lose to a real team. And I'll get a fucking sad Jerry Jones on Sunday night. That's I, I live for sad Jerry Jones. So I need it. Before we move on to our picks, I just want to reminisce of the years before where Dave would tell me to stop cursing on this podcast. He has said Facts. more fucks in the past 30 seconds than I've ever said on this podcast in the five years I've been coming on. Anyway, besides, besides that, <laughs> I don't have an answer, fellas. I know this is going to sound like a cop-out. Like, y'all know I do the previews for these games. I don't have an answer. I don't, I don't know. I've yet, I'm looking at both sides. So on one side, I'm like, okay, this Brock Purdy shit got to stop at some point. <laughs> like, this, does he do not winning the Super Bowl. Does he's he? not winning the Super Bowl, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Like, Brock Purdy what is not winning. What if he does? Like, what do you do with that, bro? A rookie, hey, look. a rookie quarterback has never won a Super Bowl. The one who was picked last in the draft is not going to be the first one, bro. Come on. That's just not going to happen. But, like, it's Dallas. So, I can't, upon good conscience, <laughs> say Dallas is definitely going to go in the candlestick where they lost. Last, it's not in the candlestick no more. In the Levi Stadium and take that dub. So, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I'm just telling you. This man, Brock Purdy, like I followed him at Iowa State because they, there was a thing of called, and I've said on here before, called Brocktober, where throughout college, when he played in October, he literally covered 85% of the games, like covered the spread. And it was the craziest thing. And you're like, this dude just would get in a groove. And like, he's sneaky athletic. He fits that offense almost. If you could have like made, if you could have just like gotten a time machine and make Jimmy G younger, this is what you got, but you got a little more athleticism yeah. in him. It's just like, and you also don't have the problems of him being like a fucking asshole like Jimmy G is from what I hear. Um, but like, I'm going to go 49ers. That defense is just, they swarm the ball. They make plays. Like you said, Dave, when they needed stops or they needed momentum change, they got it. And Nick Bose is a fucking problem. That defense is like has a lot. Fred Warner, another guy that just flies to the ball, flies off. So I'm going 49ers. And that is a good spot to leave this edition of the opening kickoff podcast. Our thanks as always to our friend KP. You can follow him on social media. He does a great job with his previews. And we're, you're going to hear a lot more from Kev. Yep. Let me give him a name, man, at BKA Beloved. <laughs> Got to go on all platforms. You pick a platform on there, MySpace, Black Planet, uh, Neopets, <laughs> eHarmony, Neopets. I'm on all those. But most importantly, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, at BKA Beloved. Well, I want to know what, what sort of traffic you're getting at eHarmony for this shit. I, uh, that I want to see. I want, I want information on that. Call that out. Uh, Peyton and I will be back next week. We have we have some stuff working. We might get into some college hoops next week, Peyton. I would be in. I'd be involved. I'm surprised we didn't talk about the murder that happened. That shit's crazy. 
We'll get to that. We'll get to that and more. We may have our friend Ben Albright, NFL insider, joining us as well. So a lot of great stuff happening. So for KP, for Peyton Gerard, for Brandon Stevens, who's not here, who would want us to say nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. There, you're welcome, Brandon. I'm Dave Stalmuddle. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.